What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Writing Friction. And as always, today's guest is pretty cool. Everyone say hello to Brian Evanson. How are you, Brian? I'm good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. We were both, before the podcast, we were both talking about we're both representing San Francisco. Yeah. I got to admit, I've been in SF. I moved here from New Jersey nine, mm -hmm. ten years ago. Yeah. I've never done the Alcatraz tour. Oh, you haven't? I've never but done it. My wife actually used to work as a volunteer gardener on Alcatraz. And no way. So okay. We did both the Alcatraz tour, but also the behind the scenes tour. And we got to stay overnight there on my birthday. So, so I, I feel very warmly towards Alcatraz. Uh, what, you, do you sleep in the cells or how uh -huh. does that really? Yeah. Yeah. So all, all the, all the people who are working on the Island, there's one night a year where they come over and they can sleep in the cells and everyone has an idea of the cell they want to stay in. So like the most popular um, criminals, their cells are always quickly taken. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to, to be there kind of in the middle of the night, dead quiet. Um, yeah. On a rock in the middle of the bay. And also in the middle of some of the coldest and most shark infested water that right. I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, exactly. Did you live in the Bay Area or are you from uh, where are you? I, I didn't, but my wife was living um, up there when we kind of got together in uh -huh. 2011. And so okay. um, I traveled there a lot. I kind of started to feel like it was a home away from home. And then she decided to move out to Rhode Island when we got married. And and, uh, and then we slowly made our way back to California. I'm in Southern California now. Okay, cool. So where are you from originally? How did you end up in SoCal? What's the what's the journey? Um, I, I was born in Iowa. I grew up in Utah. Um, um, and then I kind of have lived all over after that. I lived in Oklahoma, Wisconsin. Um, I lived in Southern California for a little while. Uh, Rhode Island as uh, right before I was, was here. Denver, I lived in for about four years as well. Did you write your first words in Iowa? Uh, probably not. I was like two by the time I moved from Iowa. Okay. So I probably said my first words. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so then what, what, what was the first thing you started writing? Did you start writing or you start reading? Can you comprehend the difference between the two at that time? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Question. I mean, I, I I can remember like the first story that I I wrote that I thought was a story, and it was about a rock that lived at the center of the Earth and was feeling all this pressure. Uh, and I think I was probably six or seven when I wrote that, something like that. So it's it, it's weird to look back at that stuff and realize that there were like certain things in my writing that have always been there. Do you still um, have copies of that stuff? Uh, somewhere, I I, you know, I sold my literary archives to to the Beinecke Library, which is a Yale. And so they, their copies there. Okay. There. Okay. Yeah, so you're living in Utah. Um, what are you yeah. doing? I mean, are you writing as a young man? Are you, are you going with the idea of you want to be a writer? Is that pretty much what you set yourself out to do? Um, well, you know, pretty quickly. So my, when I was growing up, my mom decided she wanted to be a science fiction writer. Oh, wow. And, and so she, um, and she had five kids. I was the oldest of five kids. And so to give herself time to like write, she would set all of us up kind of working on creative projects and the younger kids would do, you know, art projects or finger paints or something like that. And um, when it finally came to me, I think I was 12 or 13 at the time, she just said, Oh, you should just write too. And so that was kind of the start for me, just this idea of, of you know, just doing this, this uh, writing as a way of giving my mom some time. And, and I just really realized I liked it. I really enjoyed just the process of kind of making things from, from words. And then, you know, it kind of caught on after that. Were you, were you enjoying and were you writing science fiction as well? Um, I was reading a lot of science fiction. I was writing um, kind of weird fiction. I, I, I was 
the other thing that happened to me pretty young, I think I was about 14 or so when my father introduced me to Kafka. Oh, for and, sure. Metamorphosis, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he brought me the basic Kafka and sat down with me and kind of read a couple of stories and gave it to me. And that was a huge, it had a huge effect on me. So I think they were like these stories that were a kind of weird cross between science fiction of kind of the Ballard school, J.G. Ballard school, and and then also kind of absurd Kafkaesque um, stories. So kind of those two things coming together. Yeah, it's interesting. My father is a sci-fi fanatic. And growing up, yeah. since he was so into it, I almost felt a need to push away from it. You yeah. know, he, he's the, he was the dude you walk into you know the house and there's every single copy of every single paperback of Star Trek. You know what I mean? Right, like that right. heavy duty stuff. Yeah. And for me, I was more about like, you know, smoking weed and playing guitar and doing right. that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to hear that your mother actually wrote sci-fi. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, and she and, only, she, to be honest, she only published like two stories. So she didn't yeah, yeah. Do, do a lot. And they were, the, the when she was first doing it, she was writing for a Mormon science fiction anthology. And, oh, wow. Which is just a weird combination. And her other story is also kind of like science fiction for Mormons. Um, and so so she was in a very specific kind of <laughs> um, subcategory <laughs> yeah, of science sure. fiction. So, sure. And with me, with science fiction, you know, for years, I, um, I read it growing up. And then I stopped. I think when I went to college, I just kind of stopped reading it entirely. And it wasn't until like my 30s that I found it again and went back to it. And mm -hmm. I've been, you know, really, really loved kind of revisiting a lot of stuff I read when I was so, younger. So when you kind of started, you know, <clears throat> I'm assuming you get to college, you're doing your thing. Are you writing short stories in college? Are you studying literature? You know, what's your world like, you know, as an early man? Um, your man. Yeah. So when I was when I was a freshman in college, I, you know, I took creative writing classes. This is, this is at Brigham Young University. Um, and I took a couple of creative writing classes and, and went through the sequence and kind of got to the point where um, I was done with what they could offer. And it turned out there was a summer class that was being offered um, that was a graduate level creative writing class. And uh, um, I just, I was clueless. I just, I went to the professor and I said, I'd like to take your class. And he let me in, even though I was a freshman. Uh, it was this Welsh poet named Leslie Norris, and and he kind of went on to become a kind of huge mentor for me. And yeah, so so yeah, I just I feel like I was dumb enough not to know I wasn't allowed to take a graduate level class when I was a freshman. Well, I mean, you know, I I was dumb enough to not realize I could start this podcast. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it's the kind of thing you kind of just go with it, and you yeah. don't really know what's going to happen until you you know you kind of jump in head first. Obviously, sure. that's, that's pretty intense for doing it that way. Um, but you were writing the short stories, or were you like th thinking longer form fiction in the, in the beginning? Um, short stories. I mean, I really started with short stories, and you know, the first few short stories I pu I, I published were published in like um, magazines on on campus. Um, there was a there was a science fiction magazine which was called The Leading Edge that published one of my stories, maybe two. And then um, um, the the newspaper published like a Halloween story I did, uh -huh. um, and that was kind of the start of it for me. And I, I think I've always been kind of more um, uh, drawn to short stories than I have to novels. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, you know, and this kind of comes up, I feel like on every podcast now, you know, mm. there's the short story and there's the long form fiction and, you know, some authors start in that short realm and then kind of go and some do the other way. Yeah. I started longer form and have been more newer to the short story form and I find it much more difficult. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's, you know, less is more kind of thing, mm. but you have to know what more is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's about sensibility. In some ways, I was talking to, to M.T. Anderson, um, young adult writer, about this. And he says, um, you know, um, 
I write novels because if I have an idea, I want to go into like every detail of that idea and explore yeah. it and work it out. And he's like, you write stories and it's like, you're taking a good idea and just throwing it away. I, I, agree. <laughs> I kind of agree with that. Though. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's, you know, some authors have written novels that have started as a short story. Yeah. Um, have you ever, I mean, are you ever, uh, those ideas ever boiling in your head? I mean, I, you know, I look at you and it seems like you're a prolific writer and we'll kind of get into the whole process of that. Uh -huh. But I mean, are these ideas just, if an idea pops into your head or is it automatically, this is going to be a short story, this will be this, this will be that, or is um, it until you get down to it until you realize what it is? No, I, I pretty much know at this point, um, just because I feel like I've been doing it long enough. And it may be that I've just convinced myself that it's going to be a short story or a novel before I start working on it. And I, I do both at this point, but I'm just, I'm way more naturally drawn to, um, to novellas and short stories than I am to, to novels. So every once in a while, I'll come across an idea that just um, needs a kind of longer treatment, needs a kind of longer development. And, and uh, you know, so, so it just demands that form. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say after writing, you know, maybe a page or two, I have a pretty good idea of what the length of what I'm writing is going to be. Um, you know, not exactly. It can change a little bit, but I, I, anytime I start writing something, I know pretty quickly if it's going to be a short story or a novel. Uh huh. Uh, so, can you go back to that time when you're writing that first book, that first novel? Um, I mean, uh -huh. You know, how how old were you? What was going on in your life? Were you working? Were you teaching? Were you traveling? Well, were you hanging out? <laughs> well, so I I, uh, I I wrote a lot of um, I wrote several books when I was kind of an undergrad and early into my grad career as well. Um, and never published those. I mean, I just, they weren't, they weren't good. And a lot of those were, were longer books. They were novels. Um, and then my first book of, uh, that came out was a book of stories called Altman's Tongue. And that was something I worked on in grad school. And, um, so I, I'm kind of unusual in that. So right now I'm an excommunicated Mormon uh -huh. um, and very happily excommunicated. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of my, but, one of my best friends is as well. Um, uh -huh. bro, he grew yeah. up in the Mormon church and I have to be I, honest, Je Jesse, I'm giving a shout out to Jesse. Um, he lives in Chicago. Genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, yeah, I, I think both Mormons and ex Mormons are for the most yeah, part. I mean, he's just so nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to a guy who's where they filmed the Sopranos. That's where I grew up. So, you know, to me, right, everyone's right. nice. Um, right, right. So, so I'm supposed to go back to that. So, oh, uh, yes. Where was I? I? So, so I was, um, yeah, so I was, I was Mormon at the time I was in grad school at university of Washington. I was doing a degree in, I was doing a joint PhD in critical theory and English literature and was married, um, had one young child and, um, just busy was man. working. Yeah, I was busy, uh, working on these stories. And in fact, where I would go to work on the stories, um, um, at the time I was still Mormon and I was one of three people in charge of a congregation of, of Mormons. And the, the church had an office space that I could go in and use the printer and have just privacy because we nice. had just a teeny apartment. And, and so I would go and work there and, and wrote most of the book just, just there. And then, you know, it didn't come out till I was um, teaching. Um, first job was at Brigham Young University, and, and that's when my book came out. Were you actively trying to get it published at that time when you finished? I mean, was that the goal in the end? Um, it, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I had a sense, um, I started very quickly kind of publishing in magazines. There was one magazine in particular called the quarterly, which was run by this guy, Gordon Lish, um, kind of controversial editor. Um, who, and, and they, he published a fair amount of my stories. Um, and then I was at AWP associated writers, um, uh, program, uh, in New York one year. Um, this was like in 92 or 93, I guess, or maybe it was the MLA. It doesn't matter. 
Um, and, um, and I met with Lish for the first time, um, spent some time with him. And just when I was leaving, he said, oh, and by the way, we're going to publish your book at Knopf. <laughs> and so it kind of just came like that, which, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people about their experiencing experiences publishing. And, and a lot of it is, is either hustle or luck or some combination of those two things. It's just somewhat random the way in which these things work out. So were you dealing with any kind of rejection at that point though, or was it kind of just easy going? I mean, you know, I've talked to, you know, Janet Fitch said she paper mached her entire wall with rejections. You know, yeah. I got famously 73 of them. Like, you know, what was the deal with you? I mean, you know, yeah, same thing. I mean, I think there were a lot of um, when when I was working on my stories as an undergrad, I like sent stuff out again and again, and nothing nothing stuck. And so, so yeah, I think there's a story that probably went out forty or fifty times. Uh-huh. Um, and and you know, in in retrospect, maybe that's okay. Those didn't get published. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely took some time and it was a lot of, lot of effort. And then that's one of the things that's tricky. I think from the outside, it probably looks easier than it is. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So coming from, you know, being so involved in, you know, the academic world at that point, was it influencing the way you actually wrote as in the time of day you wrote, how you wrote, how you, Mm -hmm. I mean, were the people, I mean, I'm assuming you were around, workshopping things, working with people around other writers, you know, were you developing your style that early on, or do you think it still took some more time to really kind of click to what it was? Um, I think by the time I was in grad school, my style was pretty developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was, um, I would write a lot from like 12 to two in the morning. Cause that yeah, was okay. like, yeah, time that I was guaranteed that I could have to myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that, uh, you know, my, my, my young child would, would, would be asleep probably, um, at least with a little luck. And, uh, so, so yeah, it was, it was that I would write that way. Um, I usually would write by hand on scratch paper and then I would just type it into a computer and then revise it by hand. It's before MacBook airs, right? It was definitely before <laughs> MacBook airs. Um, and yeah, in fact, I like dot matrix printer of some of these stories, things like that. And were you sharing um, this? I'm sorry. Were you sharing this early stuff with friends? Were you workshopping it? Were you bouncing ideas off of people? Um, so as an undergrad, I mean, I was in workshops. But when I went to grad school, um, I didn't actually. I took one workshop, and then otherwise, I just took kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, English courses and critical theory courses. Mm-hmm. And the one workshop I I took, um, I won't say who was the the leader of the workshop, but it was it was um, not very good. <laughs> and I, I, I thought this is, you know, the advice that's being given here is not productive for me anyway. And so I just, I, I decided not to, to, to do much with it. But then I also was like, you know, there were people um, who were publishing and magazines that I was publishing in that I was starting to get to know and starting to have a sense of. Um, there was a little magazine called Magic Realism um, that was publishing some stuff of mine, and I got to know like Jeff Vandermeer. Um, he was there at the time. He had you a- said Jeff Vandermeer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, I think he's coming on the podcast. I think in like a couple, and should be coming hopefully in January. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. good to know. I'll, I'll 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 name drop you. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, he's and we both um, had a book that was supposed to come out with Pix Press. Um, okay. And then it just collapsed, and and Jeff realized it was going to collapse well before I did. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and I got to know people the quarterly and, and slowly kind of had a group of, of people that, that who, whose work I admired. Um, very few, I've never really shared my work that much with people besides, you know, just sending it to editors. I, I kind of, 
Um, I don't know why. I just, I, I guess I didn't, um, except for the workshops and undergraduate, I didn't really grow up kind of um, doing that. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it the kind of thing where when you're doing, are you a heavy draft guy, a lot of revisions? Do you, yeah. do you trust your gut? So when you're going back on something, say you wrote six months ago, like I'm the kind of guy, if I wrote something six months ago, I read it back. It makes me laugh again. It mm-hmm. stays in. Like, right. do you have little rules like that that you kind of set for yourself to kind of make the process a little easier? Well, I definitely revise a lot and, and I go through a lot of drafts and, and for me, it's a very kind of like tactile thing. So the fact that I write everything by hand, um, and my handwriting is so messy. It's like, sometimes I, it's hard if I don't put it in the computer pre- pretty quickly, I can't read it, yeah. but I'll write, write by hand until I get to the point where I'm stuck and then I'll type it in and then I'll print that out, revise it, and then keep on writing by hand, um, from it. Um, and so by the time I finish a piece, sometimes the beginning's been revised, um, you know, a half dozen or a dozen times, usually more like a dozen. Um, and so just over time, I mean, it, it, and I, I think it's, yeah, it's probably in instinct or, or impulse as much as anything else, just figuring out what sounds good and making choices. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it feels very intuitive to me as a process. Uh, well, well again, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you know the list is prolific. How do you have it? I mean, when you start a project, you know how long it's going to take you to write a novel at this point. Do you know how long it's going to take you to write an essay, things like that? Are you able to streamline the process a little more being this far down the line? You know, you would, you would hope that would be the case, but yeah. it, I, I find that every project's just its own project. Mm-hmm. And there are things- Do you work that you, on multiple projects at a time or just one at I, a time? I do. No, I always work on multiple projects. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and, and if I get stuck in one, I'm always working on at least a story and a novel-length project at the same time and sometimes several stories. And if I get um, stuck on one, um, then I switch to, the, to another sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so so and that 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 works for me. I mean, I I know not everybody can do that, but yeah, it's it's like it's so variable. It's like, you know, sometimes I think the fastest novel I wrote was um, when I wrote as B.K. Evans in my Aliens novel, mm-hmm. um, which is more of a kind of genre novel. Where I'm playing around in somebody else's world, um, and that I wrote in I wrote the first draft of in something like 22 days, and it was just like super intense. Um, slowest novel I wrote was the open curtain. And that took me about six years. Do you think in just a quick thought, do you think you were able to write that in your, in the other lives, write that so quickly because you were trying to be someone else? I mean, you know, was the ego kind of gone? Um, you know, was it easier to just put yourself in someone else's shoes? I, I, the song, the stranger by Billy Joel just popped into my head for some reason. Uh, Um, I, I think it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a different project. I mean, what they would do anytime I've done those, those sorts of, um, novels, they've had me, um, uh, do them by, by, yeah, I have to write an outline first. It's like a 10 page outline, 20 page outline. So, so it's like, by the time I've done that, I have a really good idea of how the story's going to go. So I did a couple of dead space novels based on a video game and I did the aliens novel, a couple of other things. And, and yeah, they, those go faster. And it's, I think it's, it's partly because it's just more, it feels like playing around. Mm -hmm. So, and I think you're right. It probably is my ego is not getting in the way or I'm not as, you know, um, I, you know, I still think they're good, but I also think it's like a different sort of process for me. Mm -hmm. And it's partly that, you know, there's, there's already been so much work done 
with world creation for something like aliens. You know, you just, you have a real sense of how the world works and what the aliens are like and so on and so forth that you can just kind of run with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if you're a Stephen King fan. I'm admittedly, I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan. I'd love to talk. He's, he's Stephen King, right? How can you not? But I mm -hmm. did love, and if correct me if I'm wrong, the Bachman books. Uh-huh. That that's my favorite Stephen King stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, one of them became what was was it the Running Man or was it a Total Recall? Uh, I think it's the Running Man. Uh, it's my memory. Yeah. And my again, we were talking earlier. My father was a huge sci-fi guy, and that was one of the movies he sat me down as a younger man, as a kid, really. Mm -hmm. You know, and made me watch the, those old school Arnold Schwarzenegger. I remember seeing the third boob in Total Recall and just totally, you know, just <laughs> what the fuck is this? You know, anyway, right, I must right. have been seven years old. Um, right. Yeah, it's interesting though. I mean, you know, I, I wonder. I wonder if musicians would wish they can do that too. You know, I, I'm a, mm -hmm. you know, you can see the guitar behind me. I've been right. playing music my whole life. And if, you know, no one's really kind of coming to my mind, but you know, if they can be that alter ego and they can just write a whole, you know, a whole nother genre of yeah. music and just be yeah, able yeah. to kind of separate the two. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you, you know, do you, would you do that all the time? If you could, would you live in that alternate universe? Uh, no, I, I, I like that. I, it's fun to visit, but I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm more committed to, to the, the universe that has, is, is the Brian Evanson universe as opposed to the BK Evanson universe. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, I mean, you know, it's, uh, those are super fun to write. It's always fun to play around with, with someone else's world and their form. And, um, yeah, but, but I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. feel like my, the work I'll probably be remembered for if I'm remembered at all is, you know, the stuff I do under Brian Evanson. Well, and one of the reasons I'm super stoked to talk to you is, you know, a lot of the authors I talk to, you know, have two novels out, three novels out. It took mm -hmm. them four years and got in, you know, win awards and all these kinds of things. Um, with you, again, it seems like it's just you have this snow and I like it. To me, it seems like it's just you have discipline. You have a work ethic because you can't yeah. create that much work without. Have, I mean, were you always early on? Were you a disciplined kind of guy when it came to your writing? Um, you yeah. Know, can you talk about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I had to be um, when I was younger just because I, I had so little time. Um, you know, I was going to grad school. I was super busy. My wife at the time was going to grad school as well. We had a, lot, a young child. And so it was like the thing I found is, is if I had like, I might only have like 15 or 20 minutes uh, in a now. stretch. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, and when you do, I mean, that's it. You, you take advantage of it if you can, and, and you learn how to take advantage of that exactly. time. And so I think a lot of people, I know a lot of students, um, now it's like they get online, they watch a bunch of cat videos, you know, it's like a lot of revving up and kind of getting to the point where you can write. And, and I, I just don't do that as much. I mean, mm -hmm. when I'm writing, I'm writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for me, you know, again, it's so it's so hard to resist every single thing, you know, around oh, for us. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, again, you have you started in you know early you, know, you said early nineties. How has that changed throughout the process of your writing? You know, the introduction of technology. Do you write differently because of technology? Are you aware of people's attention spans in the year of almost twenty twenty one? I mean, how do you do? You, yeah. Do you not give a shit? Do you, do you just <laughs> do you? Uh, you know, I, I think because I've always liked writing stories more than novels, I think the attention span thing is not as much of an issue as it might be for someone who wants to write a big kind of gigantic novel. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think there's definitely been huge changes in, in the way people think. And, you know, uh, you know, also positive changes in terms of like things like television and the way that television is rethought how, how, uh, how it should work in terms of, of, of you know, these kind of long 
form narrative TV shows that are doing really exciting things. Have you ever worked in television before? Uh, I, I've done um, stuff around the edges, but um, I, I haven't, not yet. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, I, I haven't talked to any television writers yet. It's a dream of mine to get some of the writers from The Sopranos on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'd imagine that's just a totally, I mean, that's completely different than fiction, yeah. you know, long form fiction. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who write in, in television rooms in Hollywood. And, yeah, and I think it is, it's somewhat different, but it's also really collaborative. And I think if you've done like a creative writing workshop, there's at least some connections to it, except that you're all working on a piece together. In a way. And that's the thing. It's collaborative. It's the complete yeah. opposite of writing, you know, sitting in a, right. in a little room with no windows and trying to right, finish right. You know, a friggin' novel. Um, right. It's crazy. So that leads us up really kind of up today. I mean, you, you, have, you won a bunch of awards. You've kind of done it all. You know, what's now, what's the motivation? You know, what, 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 you know, what do you, what's, what gets you going now? Yeah. Um, I, are you, are I, you still reading? Your, yeah. what, what do you do? I, I read a lot. I really love to read. And, you know, I come from a family that both my parents, when we'd go on vacation, they would just like, we drive to like a beach house and they pull up and then get out their books and sit on the couch and read. Um, and, and so that, that's something genetically I seem to have inherited. Um, so, so I read a lot. I still am finding work every once in a while. That's really exciting to me. It's not always the work. It's rarely the work that gets recommended in, in, you know, kind of big um, uh, newspapers and periodicals, but there's still great stuff out there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I have, there's something about writing that I find just really satisfying personally. There's something about it, especially when it's going good that like it, it just, it does something in my mind. Mm -hmm. It kind of sparks something that I really like. So it's, it's almost addictive, I suppose, at this point. You still um, deal with bad days? Yeah. Um, you know, there's always bad days. I used to write every day. Um, I don't write every day at this point. I mean, I kind of make choices. I do something kind of related to writing every day, uh -huh. but it's like, you know, um, I don't don't necessarily write every day, um, and and yeah, I mean there are moments when um, it's not coming, and I just the, I think what's happened is is over time I've realized that it will come eventually. Yeah, and so I I just know that that's part of the process, and it doesn't um, make me panic like it might have when I was younger. Mm -hmm. so. I mean I, I I live in San Francisco, and you know I I moved apartments now. I'm I've been trying to finish a novel for three years. You know, I've been writing mm -hmm. and I'm, 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 I'm on the downhill running the downhill. I'm it's, it's there. Um, yeah. but now you know, I have a little puppy. You know, I have a small business that I've been trying to keep together during this crazy time. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, like we were saying, you were saying, you know, you have 15 minutes. I'm fucking writing on washing machines. I'm yeah. writing when I'm doing the dishes I'm writing. And one of the good things about technology is I write on my phone a lot. Yeah. You know, so when store, you know, store a novella started on my phone. Yeah, I wrote an entire. Yeah. Are you? Do you do that? Are you? If you know, you say you don't write every day, but you are writing every day. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I do some of that. I mean, I, I what I do is I put notes on my phone. I was just going to see if 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 there's anything that would make any sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so I I I do kind exactly. of put things and and you know they they always kind of evolve, but I find myself constantly notating things and and often if I'm working on something, I'll go back to that list and kind of play around um, are you, with what's there. Are you a voice memo guy? Um, I haven't done voice memo so much. I mean, I, what I do is I, I speak it into my, you know, the notes function rather than voice memo. Do you do voice memo stuff? Or? I do. I mean, sometimes again, I own the business I own is a dog walking business. So mm -hmm. I'm alone in the woods with dogs all day. Right. Um, so if something is, it comes into my head, I, 
it's either it's whatever's the quickest way I can do it. Right, I don't, right. you know, I don't recite full dialogue, um, right. but I'll be like, you know, I'm working on a rock and roll book. If, if like a, a little yeah. key turn, I can just, you know, he said this instead of that, delete that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, my there's so many things going on in most people's lives. Um, yeah. it, you know, it sounded like you weren't the kind of author who got, had the opportunity to sit in the woods for mm. three years and, you know, by a lake and right. contemplate. Um, you know, but there are some authors who are able to do that. And you said it's a yeah. hustle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's funny because I've, I've talked to people. So, so I, when I write by hand, I only use like scratch paper. Um, so really crappy paper and I use hotel pens, um, that I get free in hotels. And, and it's partly that it makes it feel like it's not like a s- serious process or something. It, it doesn't make it feel like, Oh, I'm writing literature. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that that's really actually been very helpful to me just to, to kind of feel like I can, I can convince myself that I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that's just, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends who, who, you know, I had, I was, I, for, for years I dated someone who, um, was a writer and she had like this, um, incredibly fancy fountain pen. And, you know, she would use this, this kind of cream colored paper, really good um, stock. And, and she wrote some great things, but it was very hard sometimes for her to write. Yeah. And I think it was the thing I always thought is, is it's like, it's, it's that it's the way you've kind of set this up. Or, you know, the same thing with like, I know a lot of writers who have like a space that they have to be in to write, you know, a very specific space. And, I, and, and, yeah. And I, I don't. Yeah. 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 Early on, I felt that, you know, early on, I also felt like I I could only write a song on one specific guitar and yeah. then realize, well, that's not going to be the case if you ever want to get anything done. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that's insane. That's insane. So yeah. that leads us to today. So what are you working on? I mean, nowadays, are you kind of, you know, are you, what are you, what's going on with you now? Uh, well, so I, I have a book, a new book I finished, which is called The Glassy Burning Floor of Hell, um, which is a book of, of stories. Uh, I don't because it's not out till oh, August. Oh, okay. Good to know. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll pump it for sure. Right. And then um, uh, so that that'll come out in August. Um, and and then, you know, the, the latest book song for the unraveling of the world um, won a bunch of uh, awards, won the World Fantasy Award and the Shirley Jackson Award. Is that a fun, a fun process for you? Uh, you know, it, it's with the Shirley Jackson Award. I think this is maybe the sixth time I've been nominated for it for uh, some reason. And I'm just, I was so used to just losing every time that it was <laughs> like, it was really stunning that I actually won it. It's like they asked because of, of the, the um, pandemic this year, they did it all online and they asked uh, everyone to record a speech in advance. And I, I did that. And, um, and I, the whole time I was doing it, I just thought, yeah, this is ridiculous. You know, this is a waste of my time. Why am I doing this? Yeah. And then I won. So, uh, you know, it's like so somehow the, the less prepared I am to win, um, so that seems to be when I do win. Um, and then the World Fantasy was great, too. I was just I was I was really stunned to win that and happy about it as well. Yeah. I mean, Brian, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I always ask at the end of this. Where are people buying your books from? I mean, you, I know you're a SoCal guy, but you kind of been all over the place. Can you yeah, pump yeah. some other places? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can pump. Um, uh, you know, Powell's is always amazing. Up in, in up in, in Portland. In Portland, uh-huh. yeah. 
I've read at Green Apple a bunch. Oh, um, oh, really? Oh, awesome! Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. The, one of the fir- the first guests or the second guest we ever had on was Kevin, the owner of Green Apple. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They're 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 dear to me because they I self published my first my first book mm-hmm. three weeks before the world shut down. Right. Um, and they were the one bookstore that just were, was behind me from day one. I mean, they put that fucking thing right in the front. Um, it was that's a boxing great. novel. Yeah, no, to this day. So I, you know, that, that's great to hear that you were. That, yeah, that, that's you have a, a link to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a. Anytime I'm in San Francisco, I go to Green Apple. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I mean, there's a lot of used bookstores I go to up there as well. Um, where else? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's there's tons of places. Skylight in in Los Angeles is great. Okay, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've been there for sure. Um, are you a Twitter, Instagram? Do you do any Facebook kind of stuff? I, I do Facebook, um, but I I don't do Twitter, or Instagram. I've kind of resisted. Um, well, I don't know if it's smart or not, but yeah. I mean, uh, Twitter's a. You know what? You probably would do well in the world of Twitter. I think you people <laughs> would dig you there for some reason. Uh huh. I don't know. I I mean, I I keep on my agent keeps saying things to me like, oh, you know, you really should be on Twitter. Why don't you give that a try? And I just I haven't been able to bring myself to do it. You got you got shit to do. (laughs) Brian, absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.